It's the Dr. Rick podcast, where internationally renowned orthopedist Dr. Richard Lehman cuts through the clutter and brings you unbiased real science and unfiltered information to guide your family. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Ramsey. Rick, how are you today? I'm good, Bob. Thanks. Let's let's jump right into this, you know, and we kind of have to go right into things and not meander because there's so much information to give out on a given topic and so many studies that people don't get. And today we wanted to talk about diet culture. It's been talked about, hell, I remember my mom on a diet, you know, 60 years ago and the ups and downs and all those things. Um, why today did you want to talk about diet? What is out there that can help us understand what's going on? Well, you know, I think diet, one of the biggest industries in the medical field, six to seven billion dollars a year spent. And I think the general population's understanding of diet, you know, what is diet is absolutely uh, not reality. So you want to lose 10 pounds, you do whatever you do. You do the grapefruit diet, you do the high carb diet, you do the low carb diet, you do keto, you do all these things. And it's so unscience based that they all fail. So why do diets not work? Diets don't work because if you want to diet, you have to understand your body's biomechanics, mechanisms of losing weight, and no one understands that. And that's why you're here. So what is the thing we need to know? Now, I mentioned my mother, so now I'm going back, you know, 55 years, and I can hear my dad at the dinner table saying, well, take in less calories than, than, than you burn. So was he on to something or is it, it's, I'm sure it's far more involved than that. Well, he is on to something. And, and generally that's the belief. The belief is you burn more than you, you burn eat, more and you'll lose weight. Right? So if you exercise, you eat less, you're going to probably burn some calories, going to lose weight. Unfortunately, it's very complicated. And the real answer is your body doesn't want you to lose weight. And the right. real answer, unfortunately is not to gain weight. So you're a hundred pounds overweight. And your body says, okay, you're 100 pounds overweight. This is my set point. This is my new normal. And now what I want to do is I want to lose 100 pounds or 50 pounds. doesn't matter. And your body is saying the more weight you lose, your body goes into kind of a starvation mode and doesn't want you to lose that weight. So if your, if your body weight was initially 150 and that was your set point, your body wants you at 150. Once you go to 200 your body has different biomechanical mechanisms that want you that want you at 200. And so when uh-huh. you start to lose weight, it'll give you a little reprieve, but you need to burn fewer and fewer calories or, or you, you're going to be able to use fewer and fewer calories to lose weight. So if you're eating 2000 calories a day and you go to 1500 calories, you lose a little weight. But then once you lose about 10 or 15 pounds, then going down to 1500 calories, isn't going to get it. Now your body says, wait a minute, I'm going into starvation mode. I'm going to protect your body weight. I want that 185. And based on that, I'm going to preserve. So now you have to go down to a thousand calories. Well, you lose another five or seven pounds. So they looked at people that were on the biggest losers. You know, that was a group that was out there. Everybody knew that group. Easy peasy, right? Everyone knows, watch TV. There they are. And people lost hundred pounds, 120 pounds. And when they looked at them in five years, no one lost anything. In fact, everybody gained weight. They gained the weight back. Maybe they won the show or got a new car. Or but they gained it back. 
but they gained it all back. Wow. So they studied those people. This is a great population to study. And what they found is the hormone release and the biomechanics of weight loss doesn't want you to be back to where you started. So there's three answers. One answer is if you're gaining weight, you got to stop gaining weight. And no one ever says that. No one tells you don't gain the weight. They say this is how you lose weight. Because all these diets and all these pills and all these exercise regimens and keto don't work. You can lose weight on keto, no doubt about it. And if you're going to do 500 calories the rest of your life on keto the rest of your life, you'll be fine. But when you go to 1,200 calories, which is for you and me kind of starvation, and go back to eating you know, an M&M here or some Doritos or whatever, boom, you're dead. You're going to gain weight. So one, absolutely you have to try to maintain your weight. That might mean weighing yourself, you know, every week or every day or whatever you have to do. Number two, you can't eat at night, period. Five o'clock, got to quit eating. Drink water, have a Diet Coke, do whatever you're going to do. You can't eat calories at night. If you're going to eat calories at night, you have to eat protein. And the third thing is you can't eat wasted calories. We all eat wasted calories. We're in a society that most of our, a lot of our calories are wasted. Many of our calories are wasted. So what do you have to do? You have to lose weight in such a way that you're not burning up bad calories. And again, Doritos, M&Ms, ice cream. So you want to eat proteins primarily, a little bit of fat, more fat, and almost no carbs. So the keto diet, in a way, is what you want with limited carbs, but the carbs have to be complex carbs, grains, rice, etc. They can't be empty carbs and you cannot eat those after three, four o'clock. And if you do those three things, which isn't so easy, you won't be heavy. So why somebody who already is heavy? And they, they, how, do they, how do they change it? Because they've already established this horrible marker where their body's already set it, you know, 100 pounds over what their ideal weight would be. So lesson one, don't gain weight in the first place. Don't let yourself go. Two, once you've done it, how do you get back? You know, and that's the perfect question. I'm glad you asked me that question because the answer, so in 35 years, 36 years of this, I've seen athletes, I've seen heavy people, skinny people, whatever. And it, before every NFL football season, the athletes may get fined X amount of dollars if they're overweight. So if you're, you know, 6'6", 320, and you're 345, you know, you're going to get schooled or fined for being 25 pounds overweight. That guy can lose 25 pounds. But if you're a 45-year-old male or female and you're 50 pounds overweight and you're not an NFL football player, NHL hockey player, or Joe Rod who's running 20,000 miles a day, you're not going to lose weight. So how do you lose weight? We have tried everything. We have literally tried everything. The keto diet is probably the closest to it, not eating at night. But these are unrealistic goals for most of America, right? I mean, yeah. Don't eat after three o'clock. Okay. My family's sitting down for dinner. We're going out for Joe Rod's out there with pizza and sushi. You know, you, 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 you're going to eat. So what do you have to do? The only reasonable answer, and no one's going to like this answer is bariatric surgery. It's the only thing that's going to change your set point. You're not going to lose a hundred. I mean, one in, in a thousand might lose a hundred pounds or one in the numbers, actually one in 1600, one in 1500 are going to maintain weight loss at a hundred pounds. But most people, are going to lose a little weight. They're going to gain it back. You know, they'll go through periods where they look great. And they and people, oh, you look great, Bob. You lost all this weight. You're fit. But if you follow them over the five or seven-year period, 
it's rare somebody maintains that weight loss without some kind of intervention. And there's a few, you know, it's going to happen to a few people. But if you look at the masses and you said, what's the generic answer? Unfortunately, the generic answer is bariatric surgery. Now, the younger you are, you know, so now you're 17 years old, you're 180 pounds, 160 pounds overweight. Those people are out there. That might be the thinnest they're going to be. So if you think about that, youth is probably the most important person to take that step. And that's that's a tough ticket. It's tough to tell your child, hey, we want to take you to the surgeon to reroute your intestines so you lose weight. But if you think about the benefits, what are the benefits? You're not going to get type 2 diabetes. You're not going to die early of heart disease. You're not going to walk around with an extra 100 pounds, stresses on your knees, ankles. We all know about knees, stresses on our, 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 our joints. And we're not going to die young. So there's a big benefit in losing that weight. Plus, you're going to live actually a much more active, better life if you're 100 pounds lighter and you're more to your normal weight. Wow, that's frightening because we do know childhood obesity is at uh, uh, epidemic levels in in America. It's really scary, and 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 getting worse and worse and worse. And some of that's just America, right? I mean, you walk into the grocery store and all the things that you want to not, all the things you want to not buy and shouldn't buy are right there, right? All the hard stuff, all the good stuff is a little harder to find. But, you know, you walk into the aisle of pay and what's there, the candy, the ding dongs, the Doritos, all the stuff you shouldn't eat that you just pick up and oh, wow, look at that, you know, some cupcakes. So there is amounts, unbelievable amounts, <coughs> excuse me, unbelievable amounts of money pressuring you to eat poorly. Right. So you right. look at commercials and, you know, it's fries and it's pizza and it's all the stuff and all that is more major marketing dollars so Bob and Rick don't eat well. So it's it's hard to buck that tradition. It's hard to go get a sushi bowl or a protein bowl and eat that because all the good tasting food is the stuff that's no good for you. But the child is in much worse of a position to make that differentiation than the 40-year-old male. So a nine-year-old he doesn't know. I mean, it, you know, the, the cupcakes taste good. The birthday cake tastes great. Let's eat it. So that's the problem. And so with childhood obesity on the huge rise, you know, first rule of thumb, don't let your child get big in the first place. It's going to be hard to bring them back. They do have the ability to lose weight, but you have to revamp everything. Put them on an yeah. exercise program. Change the content of their food. Take them off the carbs. Carbs are addictive. So take them off the carbs. Put them on the protein, put them on some fruits, put them on an exercise program. But if they're 100 pounds overweight, statistics will tell you the only thing that's going to get them back on track is probably seeing a surgeon. My goodness. Um, so let's say you have a kid and um, we, family genetics, maybe a propensity to be heavy in the family. Um, what's the kind of diet you can give a child to battle the, the marketing of obesity in America, the genetics, perhaps your family is battling and those kinds of things. So let's say a child is maybe not obese, but everybody sees it coming. You know, by the time they're 12, they're at seven now. What can you do? What's the ideal approach for a parent? You know, it's a great question because I think we look at the mom and dad and we say, wow, the mom and dad's, you know, 
40, 50 pounds overweight. They're yeah. all eating in the same kitchen. You know, the genetics, as you said, are not in their favor. So what do you do? What you have to do first, which is very difficult, is you have to change your own eating patterns. The parents cannot eat terrible stuff and tell Bob Jr. that they can't eat it. Can we have right? kale? Never going to work, right? Here's yeah. a bunch of, right? Here's a salad and I'm going to have this pizza or not going to work. So first thing is you got to change the environment in the home. And the parents have to start trying to eat healthier. Number two, you have to count calories. Now, counting calories in a nine-year-old is tough, but you got to do it, okay? And then you have to change the dynamics of their diet. So normally, I would tell these parents not to let their kids eat breakfast, which is counterintuitive to everything oh. you've ever, ever read, because what happens is your insulin goes up, you eat breakfast at eight, you have Cheerios or pancakes or toast or whatever, and then your insulin comes down, you're starving at 11, 12 o'clock. But if you don't mess with your insulin at eight, you can probably cheat a little bit and have a meal at 11. Then your insulin's going to go up and down, have a meal at four or five. And then you have two meals a day, primarily protein based. And then you're on the pathway to lose weight. Now, the thing you can't do is you can't let Bob Jr. have ice cream at night and you can't snack all night watching uh, movies or whatever. SpongeBob or. Yeah, right. That's right. So what he has to do is he has to try to maybe drink. You can give him low calorie things to drink, but you can't let him eat. And if he's going to eat, he's going to have to eat something like uh, unbuttered popcorn, unsalted popcorn, something with virtually no calories. Um, I think on another episode, I want us to talk about diet, not dieting, but diet for young athletes who are who are who are uh, burning up way more calories than other people. But let's save that because that can be a whole show. Talk about that another day. The other thing I want to talk about is perhaps a misnomer or a misguided notion that I've had and others have had and expressed to me that um, don't look at the number of weight. Just do everything you can to be fit. Is that, um, is that misguided? Will that just make me go around in circles? Well, you know, it, it's right and it's wrong. It's right for people that don't have a weight problem. So, so if you're if you're sixty pounds overweight and your mantra is "I just want to be fit," you're not fit at sixty pounds overweight. So then you have to look at the number. If you're like you and me and you're just you know blessed and you're skinny and you know maybe you watch what you eat, but it's not been a problem your whole life, then you do change your focus. You go to the gym, you lift weights, you try to eat as healthy as you can. But generally, people that are a little older that don't have a weight problem, they're not going to have a weight problem. You're not going to come into my office in, in, in six months, 40 more pounds than you are now. That's just not going to happen. I mean, it, it may happen once in 10 years, but that isn't the dynamic. People yeah. that, have, that have been fit, that are athletes, that they're just not going to do that because you're not going to change your diet that much and your, your diet's work. So I think for people that are not, you know, that maybe are 10 pounds overweight, want to lose five pounds. Yes, your focus can be, let me just stay fit. I want to increase my lean muscle mass. I want to increase my cardiovascular fitness, my heart rate variability, and all these things that we measure. And I'm not really worried about the five pounds. I don't take care of themselves. Now you take somebody who's 80 pounds overweight, and you say, I want to look at heart rate variability, and I just want to work at lean muscle mass. And all of a sudden, the numbers don't fit. So you have to start with some kind of restriction. Now, that guy, 80 pounds overweight, 
I'm going to tell you more often than not, to be successful, we'll need bariatric surgery. Now, he could go, but what do most people do? Most people are heavy their whole life. They don't have bariatric yeah. surgery. They're just yeah. big, and, you know, they die prematurely. They get type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and that's what happens. But if you said, how do we intervene, that's how we intervene. And not to throw the scare, more scare into it, but in our very first episode, we talked about COVID and how it is really, it's more dangerous to obese people than anyone else. And that's a big problem with kids as well. So yeah. you might not die of COVID if you're 22 years old, 100 pounds overweight, but you're sure going to be a lot more sick. You're sure more likely to have a hospitalization and your incidence of dying does go up. Now you take that person and he's 60 years old and he's 100 pounds or he's 120 pounds overweight or he's 70 pounds overweight. Maybe he has type 2 diabetes already. Now when he gets COVID, he's the guy that needs to wear the mask, social distance, stay home, get all the vaccinations and do everything he can do not to interact with people with COVID because he is at risk and he is the guy who's going to get admitted to the hospital and has a much higher incidence of succumbing. And so you're 100% right with COVID or really whatever's to come in this whole viral environment, monkeypox. Recently, someone died of monkeypox, which is crazy. We're now going through a whole other disease process. Um, if you're heavy, you run a risk. One more thing, and let's end on a little bit of a higher note, because that's some really sobering information that we've gotten today. And thank goodness that we have you to get it out to the public. But let's end on a higher note, and that is making fun of my notion of science. And, and But I want to tie it into why our bodies do what they do with fat and calories and that kind of an intake. And I've always believed, here's where you can laugh and make fun of me, that despite our hubris as modern thinkers, our bodies are still cavemen where we never knew we were getting our next meal ever. We never, and, and that's why sweet things are attractive to us. Uh, high calorie things are attractive to our internal stuff because genetically we're still caveman, cavemen. So go ahead and make fun of me. No, I, I think, well, unfortunately you're hundred percent on. The, so, so why does our body want our set point to be higher? You know, so back in the day, and, and, and again, for another episode, we'll talk about sitting all day as opposed to running in the in the woods and killing buffaloes or whatever everybody was doing. <laughs> but you're, you're 100% right. So that's the starvation mechanism, you know, the, the, flight or, the fight or flight and trying to maintain as many calories as you can and try to maintain a body weight that's higher. Your body wants you to be at a set point. And once you hit that set point, it doesn't want you to starve. So if you're a caveman, and maybe you're only going to eat every two or three days, then it is important for you to preserve every calorie because you don't know when that next buffalo is coming. Number two, if you need to increase your ability to run or need a strength episode to lift something heavy, etc., you know, we weren't thinkers then to the point that we are now, then something sweet is going to increase, you know, you eat a candy bar, you get jacked up for a while. So now you can run that much faster or you can lift that stone that much better or do whatever you need to do for that short period of time. So really, if you think about it, you're 100% correct. Now, if we would go back to eating like cavemen, right, because there wasn't that many Doritos and there wasn't M&M's <laughs> and Oreos back then, 
then we got something. And, you know, that's the paleo diet. You go back to eating the yes. stuff that you ate, you know, 2,000 years ago. Well, on that note, although it's shocking that I accidentally stumbled into something sort of correct, the, the big takeaway is for obese adults, don't let your children get obese. Don't let them get there. And two, talk to a surgeon, and maybe that's a way to save your life. You know what? What I would tell people, what I tell people, because it's a big step, you know, and everyone thinks they can lose the weight. Everybody, you know, I'll just try one more diet. I read about this pill. I did this. I did that. And 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 everyone should try that. No one should just at first that bat go to the doctor and say, I, I need to have bariatric surgery. And you don't want to abuse it either. But if you're 100 pounds overweight or your child's 100 pounds overweight, the least you owe yourself is an appointment to the doctor. Go see a bad, you know, call your primary care. Say, I just want, I just want to hear the story. I want to hear what this is about. What can it do for me? What's good? What's bad? And, and at least, or research it online and see, it's a big step. It's a life changing, life saving step. And yes, it's going to change. So, so let's, let's just, I don't want to take too much time, but let's spend one more minute. Your daughter's 16 years old. Okay. She weighs 210 or she weighs 120. What do you think her social life is going to be mm -hmm. in those two parallel worlds? Right? So just think about, you know, that way. Don't you owe it to your daughter to meet a nice guy? And you don't want to sound so misogynistic, but really those kids have a rough way to go. And even today, you know, oh, we're very accepting, which I think we're much better than we used to be. Bullying is probably better than it used to be. But still, do you really want to go through your adolescent years and your young adult years 90 pounds overweight i mean just think what a benefit you've done or your son forget your daughter you know it doesn't matter um so so think of it that way and at least go google it read about it go see a surgeon hear the story and if it's not for you it's not for you but i think moving forward it's really the only thing that we've identified that that you could say is close to 100 percent Dr. Rick Lehman, fascinating topic, great information, help to all people. Thanks, Rick, and we'll see you next time. From our roots in St. Louis, Royal Banks of Missouri is branching out to continue serving you with our locations in St. Charles, Jerseyville, Granite City, and now in Hannibal, Center, and New London. Royal Banks of Missouri, the community bank in your community.